I called immigration, and you are eligible for citizenship. You actually started Great. the process, but you didn't finish. I didn't? No, 1992. I did apply for my American citizenship back in 1992 for five reasons and five reasons only. Johnson, Jordan, Bird, Barclay, Ewing. The starting lineup for the 1992 US Olympic men's basketball team. The dream team, baby. I call this my tank zone. They were merciless, titans amongst men, conquerors of the court. I simply had to pledge my undying allegiance to their nation. What happened in 1992? Why didn't you complete the process? Probably because the Macarena swept the nation. So I didn't really have time for anything else. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Dave. Thanks for joining Bob and I for our podcast, Thriving in Dystopia. And even though we always try and be professionals, sometimes we swear. So just know that going in. Everything dies, baby, that's a fact. And maybe everything that dies someday comes back. Put your makeup on, fix that hair up pretty, and meet me tonight in Atlantic City. Nice. You got me, me, Dave? Nah, is that the boss? You nailed it. You got it. Um, you know, there was a John Oliver bit recently. He, on his last episode, which was all about like, uh, uh, what's it called? Vouchers. When you like do energy, um, carbon offsets. Thanks, Julie. From the kitchen. Deep from the kitchen. It's good. Um, carbon offsets. And it was, they did like this Alaska Oh, no, no. This was all about the voting, how to do like Alaska voting, right? Because they did, um, what's that type of voting called, Bob? Boy, my oh, yeah. brain is fresh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's ranked choice. Ranked choice, yeah. So there was an ad about ranked choice and they did like penguin, polar bear, uh, elk, and some other like classic of grizzly bear must have been. Um, and... They said, what would you do in New Jersey? And it was like Bon Jovi, Bruce Springsteen, and Atlantic City. So, <laughs> yeah, classic. Oh, man, beautiful. I'm, I'm so glad you got the boss there because that's not necessarily one of his bigger songs. Yeah. 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 Well, it makes sense for you, right? That's like a, if you're going to sing Bon Jovi or the boss, you're going to sing the boss. Yeah, and I'm going to try to sing a deep cut or like a not popular song if I can find it, you know? Definitely. Yep. Hey, Bob, how's the rust feel? Oh, man, it is rusty over here. It is oxidized over here. How about yourself? Uh, It's just like I've been in a cryogenic chamber for about (laughs) eight months. They unfroze me for this episode. That's kind of how I'm feeling right now. <laughs> you and Teddy Ballgame in there. <laughs> yeah. Ted Williams, um, for all the MCU fans, uh, the Winter Soldier. That, isn't that crazy that there's like a 
there's a guy that they would unfreeze to go like kill people and then they'd freeze him up again. <laughs> How'd they turn him good? How'd they get him to be a good guy? Um, I mean, he started as a good guy. He was Captain America's best friend, you know? Yeah. And then he went evil and then he went good. Yeah. Evil. Yeah. I don't know how they got him good. I think Captain America like got beat up really bad or like it's always like life or death choice. And then Captain America says, you can kill me. And then he's like, ah, we're best buds. (laughs) I know we're talking about the cryogenic chamber, but I could I could do a She-Hulk tangent here, but I think I'll I'll leave it for the end. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. Yeah. Love a good late. Late episode, She-Hulk. Give give the fans something to hang on to, Bob. Good. Yeah, that'll be the, the cliffhanger. But who else was in that cryogenic chamber with you? Uh, oh, good question. Maybe uh, who's been gone and back? Maybe uh, the cast of Sex in the City? <laughs> I'm going to allow that. Good. Yeah. Well, anyways, Bob, how you doing? I'm feeling good. I can't believe we're... Recording an episode, we have been wanting to do this for so long. We're, we did get um, a recent episode off that helped secure your your passing grade in that class. Just barely. You squeezed by with the strength of that episode, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just eked it. Yeah. That was, um, they were going to make me redo it, but in the end they said, ah, he did all right. <laughs> No, I would like to come back to your grad grad studies um, in this episode. But uh, so we did sure. that. We um, so basically been gone for nine months, and damn, nine months. Yep. Yeah. Early in the summer, we came together and put together the the bones of a season. So yeah. we have this outline season that we'll talk about to our listeners today. Um, but a a note to our listeners. Dave and I are extremely busy, so episode two might be in 2023. We, we don't know. We really don't know. But No, I want to be a little more faithful. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I want that too. But just it's exciting to be here. It's early September, and yeah, I'm feeling great. How about you, Dave? I know you're, you're doing a lot today. Yep. Um, we, you know, we're three weeks into the school year. And it's a sun or it's Labor Day, Labor Day Monday. And this, That's right. I'm sure this episode, like part of the thing that we're going to be trying to do is we're just going to pare down as much as we can. And we're, we'll be a little more raw and just crank them out because we just don't have time to, for the editing process right now. Um, so anyways, you'll hear this episode in an hour or so after we're done recording oh, yeah. while we're feverishly cooking dinners um (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah anyways it's you know we're three weeks into the year and i feel like it's been a whirlwind i uh went to a couple of weddings in the last in the month of august um if we can include yours in the month of august yes which it wasn't but um it's banned yeah and i just feel like you know i teaching in vermont August was still a pretty clean month, you know? Um, but now being back in Colorado, it's just been like push, push. I had to do like my finals for grad school, which was our podcast episode. Um, you got married, Tom, my brother-in-law, Pat, 
Tom Patchelik, my brother-in-law, got married. Um, and, you know, like a whole week of training, meetings, prep. And it just like, I feel like I haven't really breathed. This was, um, and I was like going to cancel on I was like, I don't really want to record, you know, um, because it just felt like too much. But it's like, nah, we got to got to sneak those 30 minutes in here and there um because yeah otherwise i don't know it will be may and i'll be like man i really should have just like carved out a little bit more time for some of the things that i want to do um also i'm coming over an illness literally of the kids in my class like 13 of them 13 of the 15 have been ill sick um and yeah, it's a tough time of year, you know, you're coming back, seeing a bunch of people. We're all unmasked. So um, illness just spreads a little bit quicker. I feel like our first like illness like this happened in like November last year. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just like, it's like wildfire without masks. Um, yeah, but I still think it's good to, we, I think along at the end of the last season, we came to a conclusion of that. In elementary schools, wearing masks doesn't make a whole lot of sense, mostly because we're like eating next to each other. And at that point, it's it's not that helpful. Plus, there's a lot of benefits to not wearing a mask. Um, but I digress. Anyways, that's a lot of info, Bob. Dump. Dump. Info dump. No, no we need to because you and I haven't talked as much as we would like. And then our listeners haven't heard from us in forever. So yeah yeah i appreciate that dave we um are gonna in this episode talk about this season um but before we get to that point we wanted to talk about a news item that both of us have been following um and it's particularly interesting because it 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 shouldn't be so hard to follow it but it seems a little bit hard um but you sent me a great video on tiktok the other day and so, and you, you're like, Bob, we should talk about this in the, the podcast a little bit. So uh, what is, what is that topic, Dave? Uh, China. <laughs> uh, sorry. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's ridiculous, Bob. I feel like when we go back to the episodes we did with uh, Mike Bishop and Dan Cantrick talking about the ministry of the future and you know, KSR, Kim Stanley Rob- Robinson. Yeah, that's right. Um, and like that book opens up with this like heat wave that happens in India. And it like sets off this chain of events that like make, makes the world face facts with climate change. Um, and I just feel like there's a lot in me that feels like this is it's like the beginning of us starting to open our eyes. I mean, not our eyes, but like the world's eyes a little bit. This heat chain, this like what's happening in China right now is pretty ridiculous. So a number one, the Yangtze has dried up, right? The Yangtze river or is, do we call it the yellow river? Probably the Yangtze, huh? Yeah. I think the yellow river is a different river entirely. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah but also like, 88 other rivers have like totally dried up. Lakes are like gone. Um, It's just, there's not 
there's a lot of water shortages happening all over China. And this is obviously, you know, causing crop failures and leading to like factory shutdowns, which is huge. And there's just like no respite. The big thing is like, it's not like extreme. I mean, it is extremely hot. It's like, you know, 112 in the days and like 95 at night, which is crazy. But I think that this has been going on for a long time. I want to say it's been going on for about two months. Um, and it, all over the country, it's just like massive. It's basically the entire country of China is just getting blasted right now, um, which is crazy. I mean, that's like a seventh of the world population, right? And I don't know much about China's food production, but I imagine it's pretty high. And yeah, like anything, something this size is going to have a lot of like cascading effects. Um, like we saw with Ukraine, um, it feels like there's going to be a lot of cascading that will come out of this. And like, I don't know. I, one of the things I was predicting today was like, we'll see gas prices like go like towards like ten ten dollars a gallon in California, you know. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a ten dollar a gallon mark in the next six months, Bob. Um okay. yeah. But who knows? I mean it's hard to like exactly predict. Like maybe like dishwashers will be like crazy expensive. I mean, we never would have expected toilet paper shortages from COVID, right? Yeah. That was a hard one. Like um yeah, but like it's hard to know what will happen with the global economy, but yeah, there will be a lot of like weird little things that happen because of this, you know, not to mention just like the suffering and death of a lot of Chinese people, which I feel like in general, we don't get like super clear facts about, you know, um, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, you laid it out nicely and it's like, I read a guardian article on it and the TikTok video that you sent me and it's clear that this is like an insanely devastating event and pretty historic. And, um, and there's like very little media on it. It could have like, it could be a turning point in world history. Like you're saying that like the, the event in India at the beginning of ministry for the future is like a inflection point, a turning point in history in that book. Mm -hmm. And this feels like it has the like same level of how catastrophic it is. Um, I mean, maybe not quite in terms of the death count, um, but right. maybe even more in terms of like the overall global economy because it's in the heart of China. So, but yet the media is not treating it that way because, because so few stories. Um, so that's just super interesting as well. How the, you know, it, the corporate media doesn't care about it. Either it's, you know, some combination of like racism, they don't care about Chinese people, or it's also like some combination of the Chinese government and um, just U.S. power structures, capitalism that doesn't want to, that wants to de deny it, I guess, um, and or to keep the story very small. So I don't know. Yeah, I like you, what you're also saying is like you're you're. You're, even if your predictions don't come true, you're saying like, this is, this is gonna, this has the potential to turn things. And the whole point of that book is like, if it's going to change history, we have to, as a 
planet like look at it and change things due to like what produced it um so Mm -hmm. that doesn't seem to be happening at least at that level at the media level um and it's kind of also i mean maybe it will connect to it because by like california's starting what's supposed to be like a uh, like also a historic drought and a historic really hot spell. I think that hot spell might be throughout the whole U.S. West. Is that true? Is, is it reaching Colorado too? It's hot today. It's 100 and it's September 5th. So yes. that seems like a hot day. I think we're both connected by a monstrous heat wave that's all over the U.S. West. So, hmm. you know, that that'll get talked about more soon probably Uh, but will we remember the china chinese heat wave i don't know um yeah anyways you bring up some really good points and it makes me want to have our listeners read that book even though that book took us eight months to get through (laughs) not done yet bob i still have like 100 pages left (laughs) yeah it's like the biggest book i've read since mists of avalon in 10th grade (laughs) yeah (laughs) Nice. You know, one of the things I was thinking about is like in the book, the India heat wave, I believe temperatures get to like 130 or 140. And that like sustains for like a three to five day period, um, which is leads to this like catastrophe. And like one of the things that happens in the book is that the Indian people are like looking for like an outlet and they go to a lake and the lake ends up sort of like cooking a lot of people alive. Um because and it's just like a horrible scene of like a bunch of dead people in a lake, which is like super traumatic for the main character. Yeah, and that um, trauma follows him throughout the whole book, which is interesting. Right. But I feel like that the as we're talking, I'm like, oh man, this is it's kind of a shame because it's an, it's more of a sustained like suit like long heat in China. It's not that like uh not I don't know. It, it's hard to talk about it in terms of like what it should be or shouldn't be, but maybe that's why like there's not a lot of a news attention, like having like 10 to, you know, uh, even like having a, a hundred people die each day is a lot different than having like hundreds of thousands die over the course of like a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, um, in the book, it was 20 million in the event in India. Right. Yeah. So, and I, I mean, obviously numbers tend to matter quite a bit when it comes to this. So it's like, you're right. Like maybe the numbers are like, you know, all the COVID numbers were super suppressed in China, right? We, like there was a period where it was like six people were infected when it was like the height of like uh, Delta waiver. Even before Uh, that. Yeah. Maybe even before that. So it's like, I'm sure that even if it was like a, you know, a million people dying, I don't know if we'd hear about that. And then, so it's hard to get to track those numbers effectively, you know? Yeah. Um, but then it's also like a, a bit different. And I, I don't think that we're going to see the like humans really, one of the issues with climate change is that it's like, it's one thing to be like, oh yeah, there was a hurricane, you know, the hurricane season was a little bit worse than it usually is. Or like, it's a little less water in the Sierras. And it's hard for humans to like have that cause and re- effect relationship. So it's like, you know, six months from now when gas prices are like $8 a gallon, are we going to connect it to this, to climate change? Or like, 
more easily will like Tucker Carlson connect it to like Joe Biden and like energy like programs. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little bit worrisome, I guess. Yeah. As um, CSP identified many years ago, the media structure within the United States, especially the right wing media is maybe the key institution to creating like the counter revolution or preventing revolutionary change. Yeah. Manufacturing consent. You read that book, Noam Chomsky? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it Howard Zinn's birthday? Like he would have been a hundred last week or something like that. Oh boy. Is Chomsky still alive, Bob? Yeah, he is. I believe he's 93. Oh my God. Yeah. Legendary. Legend. Hey, is uh, Angela Davis still teaching classes at UCSC? No, uh, she hasn't come back to teach since 2011, I think. Mm. But she okay. wrote a new book, which I recommend. Okay. You know, Julie and I, we're talking. Sorry to I digress away from China, but um, Julie and I were talking. She just like never... It's it's a shame how dumb we are as undergraduates. I never took a class with Ward Churchill. Oh yeah. And Julie never took a class with Angela Davis. And it's like, why did we how did that happen? We went to the these like institutions where we had this opportunity to learn from like some of the best like activists of our generation and it's just tough. Yeah, it is. I yeah, I mean I didn't I didn't really understand how like who Ward Churchill was. Until like right. after graduating, walking into Left Hand Books, and they had that like table saying "We support war, war, Ward," and I was like, "Yeah, I kind of know Churchill." And then I started looking more into it. I'm like, "Oh my god!" And then that lecture changed our life. Oh my god! Yeah, it's just crazy. I wish that <clears throat> we had more people out there that were like pushing us to like. I mean, we had those people, but it would have been nice to have those people pushing us to make those right decisions. You know. Yeah, that's um, a cool. Thought. Anyways, digression. Um, well, Bob, should we get into a little bit of the outline, the overview? Yeah, let's go into it because now we're moving from big bummer to the theme of the season, which we were just we were throwing these episode ideas together, and you you suggested while we were doing it, why don't we do a? I think you called it a no bu- no bummers season which then I connected to like a time for dreaming and scheming, which is a thing that we used to always say with with, uh, Nick and Dan, um, a dreaming and scheming. And I just felt like when you said no bummers, I was like, yeah, we need that because at this stage of the pandemic and in this stage in history, we could use some more like, for lack of a better word, like positive dreaming and scheming, like getting excited mm-hmm. for things because we're surrounded by all these challenges and, you know, uh, just real harshness. Um, like we just talked about with China. Um, but we don't want that to like allow us not to dream and scheme because that's where we always said like we were at our best when we're dreaming and scheming. So that's, that's the theme. I, I wondered how you are thinking about the theme of the season and yeah, if you also want to talk about like even, even like where it comes from for you and, and then we can get into some of the episode ideas. Yeah, 
I guess one of the things I felt like at the end of season eight, we were talking about like revolutionary love. I think that was the theme of season eight. And I remember feeling that it was hard to sit down and podcast because I just wanted to like, it's also like comes from a personal space is what I'm trying to say. Like you and I have no time and we barely get to check in with each other. So we just wanted to have, I wanted this season to be a little bit more authentic to our check-ins with each other and how we like to connect and have it be a little more upbeat because I feel like sometimes it's hard to sit down and podcast to carve out that time. But when it's something a little bit easier, you know, um, a little bit more upbeat, less prep, less work, less um, brain space. It becomes more of a, yeah, just like uh, energy giving than energy taking type of podcast. Does that feel true to you? Yeah, definitely. And I think that's just great. I think like that's a great thought. And who knows, like if that's what we need, then maybe like others in our lives can resonate with that. Yeah. Although I will say, When I look at which episodes tend to get downloaded the most, um, it tends to be the more heavy hitters. You know what I mean? Mm, True. Um, And maybe that's just like the metrics. But I mean, you can never really predict it. But I feel like, you know, one of our most downloaded episodes is the one on Zapatistas, which is like not necessarily, you know, it's not necessarily a, a light piece, but it's also like. I think we're at our best when we're kind of talking about real, like real stuff, not just like fluff. People don't really come to our podcast for just fluff, but um, we like to give them a little bit so that they can take put in their pocket for later on. You know, <laughs> a little fluff for the road. Yeah. So maybe this episode or this season will bomb because people want some some real stuff. But I mean, that being said, like we have one episode um, on anarchy. And anar- I guess I should say anarchism, right? I I think you could get away with saying both for yeah. different audiences, but probably you're right. I was just reading the the notes that we have up there. Um, it, it's an episode titled Anarchism for Dummies, which is definitely like not uh, super light, but it, it could be one of those type of episodes where, you know, we get something out of it. And I tend to like to have... One of the things that feels really good to me is when uh, one of us gets to be the expert and the other guy gets to ask questions, you know? Yeah. Um, I like that format too. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. Anyways, I'm excited about that episode because it'll be Dr. Bob on stage. Dr. Rob. <laughs> yes, Dr. Rob. Um, yeah, absolutely, Dave. Um, so, yeah, I think... Each of the episodes, even though they're called No Bummers, they're going to include some bummers, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, like just, like, yeah, the bummers will come in. And um, it's just a fun thing to think about as well. Like, No Bummers, like, what does it even mean? Um, because, like, life is complex. And if you mm. start with No Bummers, a bummer is going to arise, you know? Just like anything, you want this thing, but then, like, life is so chaotic that you'll get the exact opposite or something like that. And then you'll have to deal with it. And I think that's great. Um, so maybe this will be our most bummer out season. I know it's just all. like bummers all over the place. 
Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever think about how like our language might be read um, like overseas? Because I know we have like we get downloaded in, in Germany. And oh, true. Just like random non-English speakers, they're like, "What the hell are they talking about? No bummers." Like, <laughs> right. I, you know, I don't even like it, know if they would say like "no bummers" in England. You know, like does that even mean anything in <laughs> outside of the United States? Like, what the hell is this word "bummer" anyways? You know. Yeah. But or yeah, does it mean anything to our mom? That's like another question. Right. Would she even understand it? <laughs> What, what what was the word for bummers back when mom was growing up? Yeah, I bet she now nah, they still use boomers use bummers. <laughs> okay, bummer. <laughs> nice. Um, so should we go through some of the other episodes we got cooking up? Yeah, let me bring in cooking another up. one. Another one that's real fun is one of the episodes we're going to be talking about the peaches, which is definitely a, a no bummers because it's so fun. It's an award show. Um, and it's a like survey, basically. Sur- it's a survey project that you've been working on for actually probably a year now, you know, low intensity yeah. work on it. Um, and it's like you've been serving like what are people's favorite sitcoms, British sh- sitcoms, like cartoons. And you have like the data from a lot of people on that. And it's just interesting to see like talk about those shows and what people like so that'll be one show yeah super excited about the peaches um you know it brings me back to dave harris's favorite episode of thriving in dystopia he loved our oscar prediction show that we like put together one evening you know oh yeah we titled <laughs> it live from like thriving live from the red carpet or something <laughs> And neither of us had seen any of the shows, uh, like or the movies. We, like I had watched a couple trailers. Is basically what we and like. I think you had seen one movie, and I'd seen a few trailers, and that's like, all right, let's go go to the red carpet. It was like so ridiculous, and we were making bold predictions. And I gotta tell you, Bob, last night I saw one of my bold predictions was because I had seen like three movies that year. It was like the COVID year. And I said, I think the best movie of 2021 is going to be Licorice Pizza. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Even though I hadn't seen it, I was like, that's my movie. That's my favorite movie of the year. I haven't seen it. Um, Well, I watched it last night, just to let you know. Oh, my and God. It was, I will say, I'm only an hour, hour into it, and it's like two and a half hours long. And I am just like not even interested in this movie at all. <laughs> I've, you know, I hate I, it. I remember you talking about it, but then like, I don't remember hearing about it after that right. ever. Like, so I'm, this is like the first time I'm hearing since the the podcast. Yeah. I shouldn't say I hate it. I'm just like, you know, it stars Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. It's directed by PTA, Paul Thomas Anderson, and has uh, one of those sisters that sing. I can't remember their name. Um, anyways, she, and she is rough in the movie. I'm just like, oh my god, can we just be done with this? But I'll finish it tonight, and <laughs> I don't know. I it's just, anyways. The peaches is a lot more. It's gonna be a lot better than uh, an awesome from the red carpet with thriving. Love um, it. That's, yeah. <laughs> well, why don't we uh, shift to talk about 
we wanted to do an episode. I mean, Dave Harris doesn't even know this yet, but we'd love to do an episode with Dave Harris. Maybe this is our invitation if Dave's listening right now. Um, we wanted to do like an episode on music and get into like the best bands or different bands from different decades. And I can't remember how far back we wanted to go. Um, but one reason I was so excited about it is like, we are awash in like nineties nostalgia and that's fine. I like nineties nostalgia, but it's like so much of it, but we never talk about like the aughts and the tens. Um, mm-hmm. and, and just the history of music is all, all also something that fascinates me. So, um, and I remember in the aughts, Dave Harris got us into a lot of great music. Um, uh, thinking about like, indie music and um, just going to shows back in, in Denver. We could also talk about like concerts, like, you know, obviously I, I don't think either one of us has been to a concert since the pandemic started. Um, but I'd love to, you know, rage against the machine is touring and I'd love to see them anyways. Uh, yeah. That's, that's some thoughts on that episode, Dave. Do you have some, 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 some thoughts as well? Yeah. I think part of it too, is we're going to try and like come up with the band that defines the decade. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. I think one of the assumptions going into the episode is that the Beatles are like the band of the '60s. They define the '60s. Um, but I don't know if I. I don't know. I feel like here's the here's the assumption that you know the Beatles start as like a a poppy boy band that kind of like transitions into like a '70s like hippie band over the course of that decade. And, you know, all, I think all their albums came out between like 61 and 69. Um, and yeah, I think they're a pretty safe bet to be the band of the sixties, but I was very curious to, to try and find out which band most represents the seventies, eighties, nineties, aughts and tens. Um, because we all know that, uh, BCS K-pop is the band of 2022 or the band of the 2020s. Uh, but they 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 have to rival um, what's that band's called, Black Pink or Pink Black? Do you know them? Oh they're, yeah, they're another K-pop band that's huge. And they're all girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yep. they did a song with Selena Gomez. Yeah, and Lady Gaga. Um, yeah, don't test my K-pop knowledge. Bye. Good, Dave. Good. Well, th- that group has the most followers on Spotify, so they they're they might be the twenty twenties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's true. Um, Kev, another episode we got cooking up is cooking, summer cooking, um, top 10 dinners. It's just a list of the 10 dinners that we like to cook the most. Um, obviously when this episode comes out, we might as well just make it our Thanksgiving episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It'd be fun to, to get, I don't know, maybe Helen Maisler on, maybe some random person on. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes it's nice to get cooking ideas. Um, I will say we one time talked about like eating in the pandemic. That was like episode three and it's literally been downloaded by one person. So (laughs) it's collected a lot of dust that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so maybe we dust it off. (laughs) Spruce it up. Yeah. I also, (laughs) you know, one of my top 10 meals of this year has been pozzoli, which is influenced by you. And in fact, I ate it for lunch today. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's nice trying to 
pick your brain about food because I feel like we always like go and like it's Sunday and we're like, oh God, what are we going to cook this week? Yeah. Um, I mean, and it's a thing that I think both of us end up doing a lot of just, you kind of have to you cook a lot, you know, so you put, and yet you don't really talk about it that much. You just cook, but it's a, it's a place for creativity and it's fun to talk about it for me. Um, and just, yeah, if mom would be willing to come onto the show for an episode like that, uh, just the way that we've been influenced by her or also, you know, the things that we've brought out of nowhere um, or different places. So that yeah. should be fun. I think too, as I'm thinking about it, I think it's also important to think about like meals that are, you know, you can rank them by how, how costly they are. Like I have one meal that is like, Literally, it costs like, feels like $80 to make. Totally. Um, and then I have some meals that are like a buck and a quarter. And then, you know, uh, you could think about how long it takes, how many dishes. Like, I oh. love the one pot meals. Those are like my favorites. A cutting board, a knife, and a pot. <laughs> nice. Like, let me go. get Unleash the beast. Um, but then there's like this this other meal I cook. I'm not going to spoil anything for the people. That's like literally a six di- six pot meal. And I'm like, what am I doing? Uh, and it's pretty good, but it's like, it's cheap and it goes pretty quick, but it's literally like six pots. I don't have enough ovens. <laughs> That's awesome. That reminds me, I should say that like three of our staple meals are TikTok meals. So oh. talking about those could be fun as well. Okay. Hopefully we're wetting the appetite, Bob. Yeah, good stuff, Davy. Uh, any uh, anyone uh, others you want to bring up? Yeah, uh, I wouldn't mind talking about the last two um, that I have on my count. At least we have. You talked about the Zapatista episode, and that reminded us we could talk about Rojava. And I actually just ordered a, a book on Rojava, which argues that. Rojava is what's happening there is bringing in some really important like practices and ideas around climate change. And it's called like, I think it's called like green Rojava. Um, And for our listeners who have never heard of Rojava, it's an area of Kurdistan, which Kurdistan doesn't exist, I guess, in a map political way, but of course um, Kurdish people, have existed in this area that they've been fighting for, you know, their own nation or their own, you know, just independence, I guess, or I'm, I'm not quite sure around the, the what language um, because some of the like most interesting stuff coming out of Kurdis, Kurdistan and, and Rojava is anarchist. So it's sort of against nationhood in a, in a particular way, at least Western nationhood. But um, anyways, those are some, I don't need to go into all the ideas, but it's, it's got some interesting aspects to it and things that the whole world I think could learn about and should be paying attention to. Um, yep. So that's Rojava revolution. Love it. Um, yeah, I know nothing about it. So we'll put, we'll bring out, uh, Dr. Bob or is it professor Rob? <laughs> it's, uh, prof Rob. Prof Rob. Prof Rob. Um, and our final episode is that we've been thinking about is doing um, one of our pastimes that we've been getting into uh, this year has been sports betting. 
and um, we have a betting club called the Bomb City Betting Club with me, you, and Dan Cantrick. So we thought it'd be fun to talk sports betting and whatnot, the perils, the uh, the the ups and downs. Absolutely, yeah. And I want to talk with you about um, that situation in California. There's two props on the ballot around sports betting, and they bring up some really interesting issues around um, does sports betting online uh, hurt indigenous communities um, in the ways that it takes funds away from, you know, what are called Indian casinos. So those are interesting issues to talk about too. So yeah, that should be a a bummer filled episode. Uh, good. Hey, Bob, I got a did you know? Yeah, hit me. Um, if that's okay for our outro game. Yeah, definitely. Um, is that how it goes? How does it, how's the song? Is it, hey, hey, did you know? Or? Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, yeah. did you know? Hey, hey, did you know? Hey, hey, did you know? All right, Bob, here's your did you know for the, for the day. Uh, 25 years ago. Uh, there was a cargo ship traveling from Hong Kong to the United States, and it was filled entirely with rubber duckies. Um, not entirely, but there was a, a few crates, and one of the crates got dumped into the sea. And as I mean, I wonder how many crates get dumped into the sea. Anyways, there's uh, 28,000 rubber duckies that in 1992 that were lost at sea, and uh, yeah, they're still popping up all over from Australia to Alaska. Oh, amazing. <laughs> I didn't know yeah. that. You said it was 92? Yep. That's great. That um, connects back to the intro song for today's episode uh, with the 1992 Dream Team. So perfect. Did you know, Dave? Oh, yeah. Uh, love it, Bob. Yeah, we're also going to use the uh, uh, outro music from season eight just because, you know, for para posteridad. Yeah, and uh, the listeners just crave it. It's, yeah, they, they want the most. They want they want some Captain Jack. <laughs> um, okay, Bob, do you want to leave the digis? Oh, the digis! I I I don't even know if I know them anymore. Um, you can email us at DavePeachtree at gmail dot com. Maybe maybe I'll f- find our Instagram account, um, thriving underscore in underscore okay. dystopia. At Twitter, we're at bmaze19. Yeah. <laughs> and Dave's TikTok account is thriving. No, it's not. It's Dave Peachtree. <laughs> oh, Bob. Yeah. You know, I wonder how many TikTok, I wonder how many people listen to an episode of Thriving. They're like, yeah, I better go check out Dave's TikTok account. <laughs> probably nobody. Uh, and if they do, they're probably uh, sorely disappointed. Do it, listeners. Do it now. Do it now while the moment is good. All right. Love you, Bob. Love you too, Dave. Bye. Take care. What's up, Driving Crew? Bob and Dave want to take a second to thank you for lending them your ears. They also want to thank the artists for making everything a little more beautiful. The intro song is in heaven. 
by Drake Stafford. Our audio is edited by the consummate and dexterous Nadir Chayetch. Web design by Chris the Mixer Sawyer. And of course, visual art is by the prolific and enigmatic Joe Shine. The outro song to season eight is Captain Jack by Kimo Rukru. Thanks for listening. Sauvage fabrique un radeau Un jour voyant trop large ce qu'il croyait un bateau On le prit à bord et en fit un pirate Commençant la légende de Jack Captain Jack, Captain Jack